I'm not going to see Harry Potter World or whatever all that stuff is, but um, the very first person I, I baptize, her name is Jessie. She's getting married this weekend, and I'm not going to miss it, you know, and I'm just thankful that the Lord has allowed me to be a part of her life and uh, her sister's life, and it's a special time. So I'm thankful for that. I'm also thankful that, uh, that you donated supplies to the hurricane relief effort. I'm thankful that we survived the trip there uh, and back driving a U-Haul truck. I know some of you, uh, about 60 of you, liked Payne's uh, Facebook status that explained a small incident we had. I'd like to begin by saying it's Payne's fault. Uh, Payne was the navigator. I was the driver. Uh, he was supposed to lead and navigate, and uh, he got, had one of these tom-toms, and we're following the directions, and as we entered the Bronx, it said, get on the Hutchinson River Parkway. And Payne said, well, there it is. There's the Hutchinson River Parkway. Just go that way. And we did not look for, we did not see... The sign that said, no trucks allowed. (laughs) So there are no trucks allowed on the Hutchinson River Parkway, and it's for good reason. The bridges are very, very low. And we're on the Hutchinson River Parkway for a couple miles, and something just wasn't sitting right with me. I really will, from this day forward, say I really believe the Lord was speaking to me at this moment, because I honestly said, Payne, what do you think the height of this truck is? And we kind of looked around, and I looked in my mirror, and then it it says that you can see in the rearview mirror, clearance 11 feet. I said, oh, it's 11 feet. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 30 seconds later, I see a bridge ahead. I'm like, Payne, what do you think the clearance is on that bridge ahead? And he's looking, he's squinting, he goes, uh, 10-11. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's 5 o'clock on the Hutchinson River Parkway in the Bronx. Now, I knew at that moment we were definitely delivering these items to the Bronx, though it may be all over the Hutchinson River Parkway. <laughs> so I quickly but safely, got into the center lane, and I'm not exactly, we came an inch away from delivering those items on the Hutchinson River Parkway. We didn't hear any scraping, but I tell you, it was the scariest few seconds of my life. I thought it was just going to rip the U-Haul apart, and everything that you've donated would just be all over the parkway. But thankfully, by God's grace, years and years ago, he knew that we would be driving under that underpass, and God knew that years ago and had the builders make it just high enough at the center for us to get through. I, I believe that. You may feel otherwise, but I believe that. But so I'm thankful we were able to deliver that and dropped it off at the Bronx Armory, which is a huge, a huge uh, armory. Uh, it's five acres. It takes up a full city block in the Bronx. It's huge. It's the second largest armory in the world, and uh, a lot of supplies were coming in from different colleges. Students from Fordham University were volunteering their time doing unloading Fordhams in the Bronx, and uh, so it was, they've been delivered, and, and I thank you, and I'm thankful for this community for, for donating. Well, I have a challenging word for you uh, this morning. Um, I know throughout the semester I've really been challenging you to lay down your life, and sometimes I push and bring up issues on campus and community. Um, And I don't mean to deliberately call people out. I don't know of any specific incidences or or specific people. I promise that I don't. Uh, I don't use examples that I've learned from those who have shared things with me. That's all confidential. But I know that I've challenged and pushed. Are we truly laying down our life for Christ? Are we truly laying down our life for others? Are we living our life in a way so we are not harming or hurting others? And and I need to challenge you today, but in a a little bit of a different way. And I know when we're challenged, our our guard automatically goes up and we become resistant. And we don't want to hear what God may be saying to us. We don't want to hear what the Word of God may be. But this is what I need to challenge you with. This is what I need you to hear and accept and receive. And it's this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. 
I think we need to receive that as a community. Sometimes it's even harder for us to receive the promises of God like this one than it is to be challenged by the harder texts of laying down our life. For some reason, these beautiful, sweet, and wonderful promises of God to be still and know that I am God is, is difficult for us to receive. But I, I, wanna, I just pray that you receive that today. It comes from the 46th Psalm. Let me read that to you. Hear this word of the Lord this morning. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the people of God, the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts up his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word has been spoken. By the power of your Holy Spirit, now let us receive it. And accept your love and care for us in ways possibly we never have before. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. We don't know the specific example of what it was actually taking place, but we know there, are, there is this proclamation, this confession. We see it in 1, 7, 11. God is our refuge and strength. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Verse 11, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Verses 7 11 say the same exact thing. I had a professor at seminary once, when you see a verse or a chapter saying the same thing repeatedly or back to back, pay close attention because it happens rarely in Scripture. In the 46th Psalm, we see over and over again that God is with us. God is for us. But I really believe there are many here today that feel like God is against you. You don't think like God is for you. You think God is against you for whatever reason, for whatever happened, whatever someone has done something to you or something that you have done. You feel like God is forever against you and, and is not with you and, not is, and is not for you. And I'd like to tell you today that is a lie. And that is not of God. This week I heard a testimony of a man, I was on Sunday night having dinner with a group of pastors and he shared a testimony about his mother who came to faith just days before she passed, but she was raised Catholic and she went through catechism and, and was uh, a servant in the church, and, but at a very young age she had a, a child out of wedlock and then later got married and then was divorced and she felt her sins were so bad, so grievous that God could never forgive her or never love her, so she never returned to church but she was faithful in sending her children. She didn't feel like the grace of God could reach into her life. And by the grace of God, before she passed, she received and accepted that grace of God. 
And I don't want you to live your life that way. I don't want you to live your life thinking that the grace of God is not for me or the love of God is not for me. Or I don't want you viewing God as an angry God that hates you. God does not hate you. So often we think that God hates us, but it's more because we hate ourselves. We naturally think that God hates us. And that is not of God. God's people need not fear him, for God is with them. God is for them, and he is for you. So be still and know. Be still and know that he is God. God has the final word. As we have just gone through, seeing here not too far from home, this hurricane and, and the psalmist, they talk about the, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, the waters roar, the mountains quake with their surging. Though there is pain in creation and though due to our fallen world, we do have this, this phenomenon of brokenness and pain and people's lives are lost because of what happens through creation. But in the end, God has the final word. But in the end, God has the final say and he is the creator over chaos he created. And he delivers and restores and renews so we can be still and know that he is God. Because in the end, God wins. In the end, God has final control and final say over creation. But not only final control over creation, but any wars and political systems or any injustices that are caused by man. God has the final word. So though those things are taking place, though those things are happening, the psalmist is proclaiming we can be at peace, we can know, we can be still and know that He is God. He has final say. He is in control. And in the end, in the end of the story of God, in the end of our stories, we can know that God wins. So we need not fear. We can be glad and rejoice. We can be glad and rejoice knowing that God is with us. He has not left us or forsaken us. I wish I could tell you that I never fear. I'm still growing in that area. I wish I could tell you that I don't worry or I don't wake up at night worrying or anxiety or having anxiety about things. And when I see a natural disaster that happened very close to us and right in the homes of many of you, we, that can shake our faith. And I pray that as I grow in my journey that I'll have a deeper and stronger faith to know that no matter what happens, that, that God is with us. And that God is for us. And Scripture often uses the imagery of water. Water is often used to destroy, but often in Scripture we see over and over again the references to water and how water renews and restores and gives life and rebuilds. We see it in verse 4. There is a river. The the psalmist talks about all that destroys, how waters roar and the mountains quake and, and everything surging and it is destroyed. Ah, but there is a river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the people of God. There is a river. Throughout scriptures, Psalms, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Job, Zephaniah, Revelations. Then the angel showed me the river of water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great, city of the, the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. There is a river. And it has healing waters that flow. There is a river. And as i so blessed to go to the wedding of Jesse this weekend and how blessed I was to baptize her. We're going to have a baptism service, the last chapel on the 30th. We have two or three students that will be baptized. It's not too late if, if you want to take part in that. 
but the healing waters of God. For those of you who I've prayed with at times, you'll often hear me say in my prayer, it's not because I have nothing else to pray, but it's my prayer for you. I pray that the healing waters of God will flow through your life. I think I've prayed that over several dozen of you this semester. The healing waters of God. The healing waters of God to bring new life to that dryness or that brokenness or that pain that you won't let go of. God can bring about new life. There is a river. The river of life that wants to flow through your heart and life. So be still and know that He is God and He is for you. The great God is ever-present. There are three metaphors used and it builds upon each. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our fortress. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our fortress. Because we are, He is our refuge, He can be our strength. He can be our fortress. That is how I'd like for you to view God. Not as one who hates you, who is after you. That's another thing some of you carry, that God is after me. No, God is for you. He wants to be your refuge. He wants to be your strength. He wants to be your fortress. So turn to Him. Come and see what the Lord has done, we read in verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done. It reminds me of a song by David Crowder. The, line, the song goes like this. Come and listen. Come to the water's edge. All you who fear the Lord, let me tell you what He has done for me. Let me tell you what He's done for you. Let me tell you what He has done for us. Come and listen. Come and listen. It's why we go to chapel. It's why you go to church, I hope, on a Sunday morning. Come and listen to the story of God. Come and listen and open the story of God and hear His Word. Come and hear the story of God, whether it's from His Word or also hearing the story of God lived out in the lives of others. Did you appreciate Dr. LaFountain's message on Wednesday? One person applauded Dr. LaFountain. You can be proud of this. It's great. (laughs) Did you appreciate Dr. LaFountain's message on Wednesday? Look at that. Didn't even have to ask them to do that. They just naturally did it. (laughs) Did you see the story of God, the healing waters flowing through his life, through his family? As he told the story of God and thankful for his grandmother and that woman in the church who got up from the front row and walked back and grabbed his hand and made him accept Jesus. The story of God. Come and listen. Come and listen. See how God can bring about new life. Come and listen to the word of God, but come and listen to the story of Dr. Daisy Dowell. That was only the second time she's ever shared her testimony publicly. She feels called by God to share it more often when she's invited, and I'm sure she will be. But come and listen. And to see and hear what God can do in a life. To see and hear what God can do in a family. To see what God can do in a little orphan girl and her, the rivers of living water flowing through her life. <laughs> Come and listen. Come and see what God can do. See, we remember these stories. We recite these stories so that they might be planted deep within us. So that when we go through trials and tribulations, so when the storms of life come, we remember the stories of God, we remember the stories of our professors, we remember the stories of our chapel speakers, and, and, we, and we are reminded that we can be still and know that He is God. 
Clinton McCain writes, Like Jesus, Psalm 47 calls people to decision. That is, it invites its hearers to enter into the reign of God, to live in dependence upon God, to find ultimate security in God, rather than in ourselves or in any human system or possession. So Psalm 46 is calling you. How will you respond? Where do you find your refuge and your strength? Where do you find your refuge and strength? Where do you put your hope and your faith? Is it in other people? Is it in possessions? And I've tried to think of an example of something in my own life of, of, of how I've made a mistake along the way because I have made one or two mistakes along the way. But I could only think of me as a father. And as much as I love my children, as much as I care for them, as much as I would give my life for them, I cannot be their refuge. As much as I love and would give my life for them and do anything for them, I can be a source of strength, but I cannot be the ultimate strength in their life. As much as I want to protect them and not allow my daughter to get married till she's 40, as, as much as I want to protect her and guide her from, from so many things, I cannot be her fortress. As much as I want my children to believe in me and trust in me, and I hope that they do, I do not want them to put their ultimate faith in me. For I will fail them. So my question for you is, where have you put, or where do you seek refuge? Where do you seek strength? Where is your fortress? All too often, for many, not all ages, not just young adults like yourselves, all ages, we always try to find it in relationships with other people. And you will never be fulfilled in a relationship if you're expecting another person to fulfill you. You won't. God is the only one that can fill you. God is the only one who can bring about peace and strength and security in your life. He may bless you. He may bless you with a, another person or a spouse. Or he may bless you. We don't talk about this. Often. He may bless you and call you to a life of singleness. And be utterly dependent upon him. But where do you put your faith? Where do you put your trust? You see, we can't receive, and here's the other thing, we can't receive the peace of God. <laughs> I questioned, this is what I wrote on paper, my wife's going to say later, Corey, you probably shouldn't have said it that way, but this is what's here, Edie, so it must be of God. You can't... <laughs> to some it'll sound harsh, to others will be like, why does he think that sounds harsh? You can't receive the peace of God in your life if you're raising all kinds of hell in your life. You can't. See, life itself will be challenging as it is because of the fallen world we live in, but God is with us. God is our strength. God is our rock. God is our fortress. Be still and know that He is God. But you know, we often cause the troubles in our lives. Have you noticed that? That it may be stressful to you right now as we near the end of the semester and, and maybe you're struggling in a class and, and it's just overwhelming. And I remember the emotional burden of that and the weight of that. Trust me, I remember I struggled almost completely in my academic journey until I got into my graduate work and really started to excel and started to incorporate disciplines. But I understand the burden you're under. But you know, some of you haven't done homework. Some of you haven't gone to class. 
And so you feel this stress and you feel this burden and this weariness from class when you haven't been a good steward of what God has given you to earn a college degree. You see, some of the pain and struggle we cause ourselves and we put it back on God. When we're not living a life that glorifies and we can't receive the peace of God. God wants to be your strength. God wants to be your refuge. God wants to be your fortress. And when people see the peace of God in your countenance and ask you what is going on in your life, you can confess, verse 1, God is my refuge and strength and never-present help in trouble. The Lord Almighty is with me. The God of Jacob is my fortress. The Lord Almighty is with me. The God of Jacob is my fortress. Let that be your testimony. Let that be your story. God is with us. Be still and know that he is God. Our ultimate security is not in ourselves, but in the presence and power of God in our lives. So is the power of God in your life, the peace of God. If so, you can be still and know that he is God. That no matter whatever challenges may come, whether that be through nature or, or chaos or war, whether that's struggles in the home, whatever it may be, you can be still and know that He is God and the battle is the Lord's. And whatever mistakes and stumbles along the way, you can be forgiven, you can receive a new life, you can, you can continue to move on and be still and know that He is God. So whatever the struggles may be in the home, on the Hutchinson River Parkway, wherever it may be, as stressful and as challenging it may be, be still and know that He is God. He's for you. He loves you. He gave His life for you. We're about to enter the Christmas season, the Advent season. And as we go through there, you can hear Christmas songs over and over and over again. Some of you have been playing them since September. It's a bit much, but some of you have been playing for a while. Those Christmas hymns are the story of God. Emmanuel, God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. So I want you to go on Thanksgiving break after you attend classes on Monday and Tuesday. I want you to go on Thanksgiving break, though I know you're tired and weary after a long semester. I want you to go on your break being reminded that God is with us. That God is our strength. That God is our fortress. That God is with us. Let us pray. With our heads bowed, I want to do something slightly different as we close in prayer this morning. As we go to the Lord in prayer, there is something that's referred to as Letio Divina, which is a It's a way of reading the scriptures that we take in. We just continually meditate upon a verse or a word, and we just continually meditate upon it so that it becomes part of our heart and life. And there is a little song. You just say the verses over and over again, Be still and know that I am God. And I'm going to ask this community to sing it together. I'm going to ask us to sing it together. Maybe our prayer for ourselves, but also a prayer for one another. 
And in the same way, we hear a song on the radio sometimes in the morning and it gets stuck in our head and then we're singing a song we don't even like over and over again. I pray that as we close singing this very simple song that just again over and over again says, Be still and know that I am God. I pray that you remember this as you return home because I certainly understand and know that some of you are returning to some very stressful and difficult situations. And so I want to give this community an opportunity to pray over you. This verse of Scripture, we'll sing it three or four times over and over again, and I pray that it becomes a song of your heart and in your life. And as you go throughout this week and the remaining part of the semester, you can be assured to be still and know that He is God. So those of you who know it, I'll try to get us started. Please help me as we sing over one, one another. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Two more times. Be still. One more time together. Receive this prayer over you today. Be still. pray that we receive that prayer of blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us, that you are for us. Amen. Go in peace to love God and serve others. You are dismissed.